Welcome to the Destiny Church Tees Valley podcast. As you listen, it is our prayer that you were transformed through faith, hope, and love. Let me try again. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Great to see you all today. And it's fantastic to see so many in the house today, even when the lionesses are playing today. Thank you for your commitment and your sacrifice. I'm sure God will honor that. And it should come back at the World Cup. So let's just pray they will do, yeah? So it's great to see you all today and great to have you with us. You know, we are going through a series called At The Movies and we're on week um, five. And the clip that I've just, we've just seen is from the, the movie called The Finest Hours. It is based on a true story. Uh, and it's about the most daring and most dangerous mission that the U.S. Coast Guard has ever encountered in the history of the Coast Guard in America. That's what they, that the movie's about. It's based on a true story. Uh, it's, it's basically in 1952, a oil tanker called the Pendleton is in the, is in the waters and is trying to fight this massive storm, this dangerous storm, and it's encountering the storm. And as you've seen there, a leak comes into the ship. The water, the storm is so vicious that it rips the ship into two. So one half of the ship is sunk, and the other half of the ship has 32 survivors trying to survive on half the ship. So I don't know how that's possible, but it's based on a true story. And as the story evolves, there's a team that's gone out by the Coast Guard that are trying to rescue these sailors on this ship. And as I continue to speak and we see the different clips, I'll unwrap the story more and you'll start to make more sense. So thank you. Uh, scene two, please. Okay, so now we're in scene two. And what's happened now is the uh, Coast Guard gets the message that the Pendleton is in distress and that they need saving. And the captain of the Coast Guard gives the orders and he says, come on, guys, you've got to go out, uh, get your boat, get a crew together, and we've got to try and save these guys. Uh, and Bernie, who's the guy, the main um, actor, he gets the order to assemble the team. And he, and he goes out to try and put the team together to try and rescue the uh, sailors on the Pendleton. So before assembling the team, the fishermen, the three guys that are talking to Bernie, they try to persuade Bernie not to go as it's too dangerous. The weather, the, the storms, uh, the weather's ferocious. As you see in the first clip, the weather split the tanker into two. Now this is just a boat with, you know, with a small number of crew going out to survive and to going out to rescue these guys on the Pendleton. So they're trying to persuade him, saying, it is too dangerous, don't go. What we also know in the movie is in the previous year, there was a ship called the Landry, another oil tanker that suffered the similar fate as the Pendleton. They were out in the waters, dangerous storms, and the Landry was in distress, and the Coast Guard attempted to try and save the Landry, but they couldn't get over the sandbar because the water and the weather was ferocious. It struggled, and that's when they lost eight men. And what happened was, because of the eight men, the town is still reeling, still struggling. They're still suffering to try and overcome the loss of these eight men that are dying. That's why the fishermen are trying to persuade Bernie from not taking the task on. Now, like Bernie, we have people in our lives, we have fishermen in our lives, or we have people in our lives that we have voices, people, 
and experiences that stops us from doing what God's called us to do? Yeah. What stops us from sharing our faith in Jesus Christ today? Yeah. You know, and we looked at the scene, and obviously the situation with the Landry in the previous year, they, they disqualify themselves. They say, hang on, guys. We've tried this last year, and we failed. What makes you think you're going to be able to do it again? And some of us here in the room, some of us that are listening online might think, I've prayed, I've asked, um, I've done everything I can do, but my, uh, someone in my family, my neighbor, my work doesn't want to come. And sometimes because of that, we disqualify ourselves out of this process of inviting or telling people of, with Jesus. Secondly, there might be the fear of rejection or failure. And in my life, I, um, I had that, we had Pastor Venzo here. Can't remember how long ago, it was some time ago when he visited us. We support Pastor Venzo in, in Macedonia with missions. And he was speaking about evangelism explosion. And what he said was, you know, all we need to do is to invite. All we need to do is to tell. If that person says no, they're not saying no to you. They're saying no to Jesus. And that for me, that was a life, life changer for me because that took the fear of rejection, the fear of fear away from my life. And, and I said, okay, if I ask somebody about, if I tell somebody about an event at church or about the Alpha or what, what's happening, uh, the tea party, or oh, that's for ladies only, but something similar to that. But, you know, I know if they say no, I know they're not saying no to me, they're saying no to Jesus. It takes seven times for someone to accept an invitation. We've got to keep asking, keep inviting. The third reason might be, oh, I'm not good enough. I've been there. I don't know about you, but I've been there where I think, ooh, I'm not good enough. I don't know a lot. I don't know enough. What do I say? How do I invite? And, you know, some of these simple things that you might be going through, um, you know, in your daily challenges of asking or inviting people to Jesus. And I always find one of the things that changed my mindset is when I, after the weekend, somebody asked me, what did you do on Sunday? I went to church. And for me, that's an opener. I've done this, I've done that. You, got, you start talking about it. You start to build that relationship. You start to sow those seeds. So, you know, those are the options. You know, you don't look, I know we look for scriptures, which is important. I'm not saying the Bible is not, the Bible is extremely important. But building relationship, getting to know people, making friends, yeah? Uh, and then the last one, uh, you know, the fishermen say, take the boat out, just go to, the, uh, do a couple of turns in the harbor, and attempt that you're trying to get out of the harbor to show the captain of the Coast Guard that you're trying to make the, you make the rescue. And this is where some of us pretend. You know, some of us are satisfied as to where we are. You know, we don't want to go into deeper waters because we're too scared. We, we don't want to try and take that risk and, and do what God has called us to do, to fulfill that purpose and that plan in your life today. We pretend, we, we, play, we come to church, we go to connect group, but we don't go any further. We don't grow in our faith. We don't challenge ourselves to try and to do what Jesus has called us to do. Um, so, you know, those are the types of people. And I've been across those four categories. I've been there. But we thank God as we heard through the communion. God loves us. He forgives us. And he wants us to, do, to be at the best so that we could fulfill our 
plans and purposes. So, as you would know, we have the Alpha that's coming up on the 27th of September. So it's a great opportunity for you to start inviting, start thinking, start praying for those in your world. It might be family members, it might be work colleagues, it might be um, friends. And, and, you know, I came across these Alpha stats that are going to come up shortly. And I'm, I'm, I work in finance, so I love numbers. Well, most times. <laughs> so these were interesting stats. I, I read these stats and... Um, I found them quite interesting, I found them quite encouraging, but also challenging. So I just wanted to share that with you quickly. Uh, it says 72% of Christians said they feel confident in inviting non-Christians to courses, events, or services at church. I was amazed at that. 72% is a high number. It's a high number. It says 53% of non-Christians know a Christian. Amazing, isn't it? And this is statistics that Alpha compiled in 2022, yeah? 55% of people who have a Christian friend have had a conversation about their faith. Some of us might be here in the room where we've had that conversation and some of us here might have not had that conversation yet, yeah? So these are the stats. It says that 14% increase in the number of people invited in 2022 compared to 2021 with a particular increase in men being invited. So, these are powerful stats, yeah, guys? These, are, these things are happening, yeah? These things are happening. This is what Alpha is saying. The stats show one, to three, one in three want to encounter Jesus compared to one in five in the previous year. That's amazing. So, things are changing. Things are, people are searching. But we've got to ask, we've got to invite, we've got to have the opportunity to do it. You must remember, Alpha is our main missions harm of this church. This is where we put it on to allow you and myself to invite our friends and our family to come on, our work colleagues to come and know about Jesus. Who is Jesus? Why did Jesus die? And those, I tell you what, it's a fantastic course. I've been on it so many times that every time I go, I learn something new. Yeah? So I encourage you to do that. And 97% of people come through a personal invitation. Yeah? So as much as advertising we do on social media, they require a personal invite from yourself. Yeah? So remember, 27th of September, you have some invites on your uh, table, so please take that through. And just to tie this up again, in, in Matthew 9, 35 to 38, it says, The workers are few. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, and we are his disciples here, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out the workers into the harvest field. Jesus is asking us today to have compassion for the lost, as he had compassion for you and me. Think about when you accepted Jesus, what did it mean to you? Think about that. Yeah. Thank you, scene three. Thank you, tech team. As you can see in, in scene three, talks about, you can see teamwork. Now, if anybody that knows me, I love to be part of a team. I enjoy being part of a team. I, 
the only thing I, I, I always ask, I'm always asking God, I was never good at any sport. I never made the first 11 or the first 15, but there you go. I've always been on the bench, but there you go. God's used me for team in other, other, other things. You know, I, I would try my, my hardest. If you put me in a team, I will try. But I love team. <laughs> I love team. I love being part of a team. I love contributing to the success of a team and, and making that work. And, uh, you know, there you saw a team that they, there was a team on that ship. In order for that ship to survive, what they were trying to do was to get that ship onto a stable ground so it could stop moving so that the Coast Guard could find them. That's what they were trying to do. And, you know, we need, at the DC, we need everybody to be involved. We thank God for all the workers he's given us for their commitment and their sacrifice. But we are believing for more souls. And as we grow, we need more workers. Yeah? If you look at the lionesses, today when they play, they're going to have one goalkeeper. You know, depends which form of strategy you follow. Hopefully four defenders. Midfield players and strikers. You can't put a team of 11 strikers. Some managers might do. <laughs> you know, I don't want to say that might be the next strategy, but there you go. So we need everybody. We need a goalkeeper to make sure they're keeping the goals out. We need defenders. We need strikers. So we need everybody. Everybody has a part to play. So I'm going to do a quick exercise. I'm going to ask you, to, not everybody, to stand. Just follow my instructions. You're not going to do anything else but just stand. So just bear with me. I'm not going to ask you to speak. So just bear with me. So... Can I, I'm going to try and do this the best I can. So I'm going to start on this table going down. So can the first six stand. So four stand from the top front table and two from the back table. Two from the back table. Oh, the second table, sorry. Second table. Okay, two. So that's six. So we have a minimum of six on the worship team on a Sunday. Four, the next four stand on that table, on that same table, second table, second table, second table, four. And then the balance stand from the back table. Okay, one more from the back table. We need four on the PA team. Then I need six to stand on the next table. Great, guys. Thank you. Six. So we need six stewards to be able to steward on a morning, on Sunday morning. Then can I have two more to stand or to stand on the back table there? Uh, maybe set up refreshments, uh, set up there. And then can I have the two tables up, the first two tables in the second row, Stand, which is seven or eight. And we need eight people to do kids' work. So just to give you an idea, on a Sunday morning, these are the people that are standing that helps us to be able to set up on a Sunday, be ready for kids' service, be ready for the main service. As we grow, and we will grow, we will grow. God has promised us. If we're faithful in what God has given us, he will trust us with more. We need these teams to double. We need these teams to triple. So this is the amount of people. This is minimum. I've taken minimum now, yeah, to say what we need to do to set up a team in the meeting. So as we grow, as we go into different services, and the plan is, however that will work out, we need more workers. Thank you, guys. You can sit down. Thank you very much. So we need people in uh, the hosting team, the welcome team, admin team, maintenance team, transport team, schools teams. We need people in every area. And I'll give you a quick story. I'm running out of time. I'll give you a quick story. I was speaking to a mom two weeks ago, and she was not feeling well on the Sunday, but her daughter want, was wanting to come to kids' work. Yeah? And she said, I've got to get to kids' work because my daughter wants to be kids' work. And what we've done over the last year or so, we've been able to increase the classes in our kids' work, which means we have, because we have more workers, but that's bringing kids to church on a Sunday. They want to be here on Sunday. Yeah? You want to deny a kid... 
not that I said a strong word. You want to allow a kid to bring, come into kids' work. We have more workers. We can put more classes in. We're bringing people in from the outside. That's how impacting this has. Yeah? Yeah. I'll tie this up with scripture quickly. Matthew 20, 24, 28. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their eye officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, you know, if Jesus come to serve, we should be looking to serve. How can we serve the DC today? Thank you, scene four. Okay, so in scene four, they have no compass, extreme weather conditions, no way to communicate, and doubt starts to creep in. But this guy is so determined that he wants to go. It's not going to be easy, guys. We are going to have challenges. It's a cost to follow Jesus. Jesus gave his life for this, uh, and we can do this together. Yeah. You know, he says there, one part of the movie says, we all live or we all die. And that's what he's, Bernie's determination to make sure he saved everybody on that ship. I just want to read from Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For the proper time we will reap an harvest if we do not give up. I just want to encourage you guys, it's not going to be easy but we can do this together. If we unite and we work together, we can make this work. Thank you. Thank you. Scene five for me, please. So in scene five, I should obviously tell you who the lady is. I think I should tell you that. So she's the fiancé of the guy who was in charge of the Coast Guard ship. Now she has her own interest because she's promised to marry her. She's, she's making sure he turns up. <laughs> anyway, that's her interest. But anyway, so, so what's happened here is in this town... They've lost all the power because of the bad weather. They don't have any lights. And obviously, in the scene you hear where they've heard that they've managed to rescue 32 people, 32 sailors, they all start to make their way down to the harbor to welcome the Coast Guard ship and the survivors. But here again now, the captain of the Coast Guard, Bernie, is saying to the guys, we'll persevere. The weather's bad. We have no way to communicate the extreme weather conditions but we'll persevere. I've worked out the direction of where we're heading and we'll try and find light on land which will bring us home. He does not know, he does not know that there's no lights on the town. Does that make sense? So that's how the scene sort of evolves, yeah? So what happens is everybody puts the lights on and the streetcar lights on and it starts to bright up and that's how they've managed the ship or the boat is be able to see where the town is, the lights are. Now in Matthew 5, 14, 16, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its hand, a stand, sorry, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Shining bright for Jesus. 
God has given us a light. He's the light in our lives and we should be shining this light. Not putting it under a bushel and hiding it. But imagine us as a church, as individuals, all shining our lights for those that don't know Jesus coming in today. Imagine that. Yeah? Powerful. Um, you know, God sent Jesus to the earth to save us through his death. Resurrection. We can be forgiven and have eternal life with God. All we do is believe and accept Jesus as our Savior. We will still face storms, but then we do. We will have our life jacket, Jesus, our lifesaver. So today, you might be here, come in, you've been in here for a couple of weeks, and you know, you, you, you're searching, you're looking, you, you're trying to find answers. Maybe there's situations in your life that you can't seem to control or uh, overcome, uh, you know, maybe burdens, hassles, uh, that you are struggling with, family problems, and today, Jesus is saying, take out, leave your old life behind. That's what he's saying, yeah? Today is your opportunity to put on the life jacket and have Jesus, the lifesaver, in your life today. Yeah? That's your opportunity. So don't miss the opportunity, guys, that you have that opportunity today to give Jesus a chance. Yeah? Now, there might be some of you in the room today that has probably taken this jacket off and then left it down and said, that, that, sometimes these things happen. Other priorities come into place, family, career, um, you know, challenges. You think, you know, I can't deal with that anymore. I've got to try and do it my way. I've been there. I've done it my way. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And maybe today is your opportunity to say yes. I want Jesus back in my life. I want Jesus to be the life jacket, to be the lifesaver today in our lives. Yeah. Now there might be the third group. People that are pretending, that are happy for where they are. And they have the life jacket on. And they're happy where they are. But Jesus is asking you today, why are you not telling anybody about the life jacket? You know, I've given you the life jacket. I've changed your life. I am Jesus, our lifesaver. And he wants you today to tell others about the life jacket. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you and you would like prayer, or perhaps this is your first time listening, then we'd love to connect with you at www.thedestinychurch.co.uk forward slash connect. You're welcome to join us every Sunday in person or online at 11 a.m.